Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Oh, man, we're here for a good time, but not a long time. We're off a little bit early for Texas baseball. As a matter of fact, we'll talk a little Texas baseball with my man Harbaugh. We'll do that coming up here also momentarily. We'll also get into Texas spring practice updates. They are back at it after spring break. They should be refreshed. Sark spoke to the media we have some audio cuts from Sark's uh, media availability. We'll get into that as well. Also, little nuggets about Texas basketball uh, and their appearance in the Sweet 16. Uh, we got a couple of days before we have to really break that down, but we'll still sprinkle a little bit of Texas basketball conversation in. And disappointing showing from the Texas women uh, and their... Uh, their hopes and dreams are now done in terms of their tournament uh, hopes and dreams. We'll get into that, too, coming up. The World Baseball Classic. We'll talk about it because there is a championship uh, game coming up between USA, 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 and Team Japan. We'll talk about that coming up next segment. we also got Lamar Jackson updates. There are a couple of Lamar Jackson updates to get to. Cowboys making moves. Texans making moves. We'll do that in the top of the four and the top of the six o'clock. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream and the cheese. Pimping ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Hardball Hards. What's going on, brother? Chilling, chilling, chilling. I'm excited for the week to continue. Texas baseball, unfortunately, Texas women's basketball came up a little short. We'll get into that conversation. Texas men are about to get it in. And I can't wait to talk about the 
WBC championship game because I need to talk about the game from last night that got us to this point. It was outstanding, and we'll get into it. Uh, but he sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Babers. I appreciate the intro. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustle spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we do know that he's underpaid. Patrick Davis, what's going on, Patrick? Doing good, doing good. All right, uh, we got a lot to get into. Don't have a ton of time because we're off early for Texas baseball, so we'll pick Harge's brain about Texas baseball here coming up as well. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain, talk a little Texas football because they started up spring practice again after spring break. Texas basketball, of course, because uh, Texas men's basketball is in the Sweet 16 and uh, the Texas women with a uh, disappointing outcome versus Louisville last night. So we'll talk about that, too, a little bit. And also we have audio from Steve Sarkeesian's media availability. So a ton to get to behind the burn orange curtain. We'll do that momentarily. Uh, World Burst, uh, World Baseball Classic discussion coming up next segment. As Hart says, there's a lot to cover there. Uh, before we do that, let's let you know how you can contact us. You can do it via the Specs text line 512-337-3776 or you can do it via Twitter. I'm at Rod Davis and Twitterverse Harge at Hardball Harge. My man uh, Patrick Davis said, it's Patrick Davis. Yeah, and I just heard the Cowboys made a move. I, oh, I heard, yeah. I heard on, uh, yeah, Chad and Zay, the Cowboys made another move. I don't know if this one is uh, as, I don't know, as impactful as the previous moves they've made, but it was a necessary one. Necessary. It ain't as impactful. No, it's it ain't, not. It ain't. It's, it's nah. not as sexy. But it's still, but it's, it's it was still a, good. It, it was, was a, a position ne- of need. It, there you go. Remember, you were talking about this yesterday. They're going to the draft. Uh, they won't have a desperate need for anything. Exactly. And they don't want a desperate need for running back. Exactly. I think maybe interior D line is maybe something else you may see shored up by the Cowboys before that. But yeah, they they, they just want to make sure they can go into the draft and draft best talent available mm-hmm. or wherever the draft however it falls that they can just go with the best possible pick for them in their circumstance but they won't be compelled to right. draft one way or another any other position for those that are wondering what we're talking about the cowboys have just signed ronald jones at the running back position he was a kid that went out to usc before um and uh was on the map for texas but he ended up going to USC, he's a Dallas kid. He's in from the Metroplex area. It's a good signing for the Cowboys because, like Rob was telling us yesterday, you don't want to go to the grocery store hungry because you pick up some things that you know you're not going to eat at that time. Oh, you don't want to go. You don't want to go. You don't want to go to strip club. Huh? Well, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to go there. Either way, you don't don't spend too much money. You don't want to spend too much money. That's right. You don't want to go after you had a fight. Uh, And then try to go in there and try to make it rain, knowing (laughs) you're going to pay for that tomorrow because your bank is going to be telling you you a little show. Uh, We'll get into the Cowboys coming up top of the four and top of the six o'clock. They continue to make moves. Texans are also making moves. So we'll get to that coming up uh, in the top of the four, top of the six. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. So let's start out with, I guess. I mean, if you want to start with Texas women's basketball, you want to wait on that one. No, let's go ahead. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Let's rip it off. I mean, it was a it was a poor showing by the basketball team. Coach um, uh, Schaefer. Big Schaefer said he apologized. He apologized to people yeah. immediately. 
apologized to the Longhorn faithful. It's his job to get the team ready, and he felt like he didn't get the team ready. And I would agree with him to this point, and this goes to the Texas men basketball. This goes to Texas football, Texas baseball. Anybody that's out there playing a sport, and Rod, you can speak to this just as much as I can. It doesn't take a lot for you to be motivated to play another team. It should not take coach coming in there to tell you a story or get you motivated to play against an opponent when you have a chance to go to the Sweet 16, number one. Number two, that doesn't take a lot to motivate you when this is a team that has already beaten you this year and you know you have a chance to play them on your home court. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Louisville and what they were capable of doing. They've been doing this for years. They've been battling for years. They're a team that has always been in the tournament that will press any other team to the limit. With that being said, those players should have been up to the challenge themselves, and it didn't take Coach Schaefer. Now, if he didn't prepare them properly, didn't give them the right assignments, didn't watch the film properly – then that's on coach. Well, he's definitely taking ownership because he yeah. apologized. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Was on yeah. him. So he's taking ownership of it. I mean, they lost seventy three to fifty one, uh, and Louisville was. I mean, they was just they were just a better team. Yes, they uh, were in almost every respect. Uh, what I thought was m- probably most disappointing was that it was a home. It was a home game. Absolutely. I mean, that's just basically a home game for thing. Texas, yep. and uh, it looked like the the mood showed up. They uh, did. It looked like they had uh, a home court advantage, a true one, and yet, man, they shot terribly yep. from the field in their home arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of ten from three point range, uh, and I, they had, they only had nineteen field goals. Shot thirty four percent from the field to shoot that badly uh, etched in your home. Uh, on your home floor is that's to me it's got to be the most heartbreaking thing you expect home court advantage basically a home game in the tournament you're going to at least shoot well that's not going to be the reason they lost that's not the only reason they lost there were other reasons they lost too but that was probably the most disappointing thing no doubt about it no doubt about it and then you think you watch the game and you're you're seeing everything that's happening and they are struggling out the gate but then you get it to 16 16 at the end of the first quarter and you're like okay let's regroup now Right? Let's regroup. Because they started off cold, cold, cold. But then they battled back, got it to 16-16, to 16, and you think, all right, now they have a chance. When you get outscored 21-7 to 7 in the second quarter, ugh, that means there's a lot that was going wrong at that time. Where you get outscored that much in the second quarter, that changes the whole energy of the arena. That changes the way that people were were into the game. It kind of silences it. We always talk about taking the crowd out, right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what Louisville was able to do. They were able to take the home crowd out of it where you're sitting there saying, okay, can we rally? Can we rally? There was no rallying back. Uh, No, because Texas – honestly, Texas was their own worst enemy. A bunch of turnovers. This is why you think – uh, yeah, the turnovers. But this is this is why you think Texas just wasn't ready to play. That the ladies just weren't in the right mindset. They missed fifteen layups. Oh, bunnies! They missed fifteen layups bunnies. right at the rim. Yeah, um, Louisville made seventeen layups out of their thirty field goals. Seventeen of them were layups. Mm-hmm. So they allowed seventeen layups, missed fifteen layups. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big difference. That's I mean, a big that's, difference. That's a bit. That's a game in a nutshell. And then what do we always talk about? The free throws. Texas went to the free throw line twenty times. They made twelve. 
They went to the free throw line. Louisville, that is, went to the free throw line 10, 15 times and made 10 of them. So yeah, it's, you're looking at it and you're like, and they neither team shot well from three points. No, Texas won Texas one of ten, but uh, yeah, they weren't much better. Three uh, of thirteen. Yeah, but yeah, so that wasn't the big determining factor. Overall, no, it's the paint, overall man. field goal percentage. Yeah, uh, the yeah Louisville ladies were just they were dominant. And their bench outscored them twenty five to eighteen. They had thirty eight points in the paint. Going back to your layup statement, that's Ages. exactly what it was. Thirty eight to twenty it was in a the layup, paint. Layup drill. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I they saw. were getting out hustled too. No, and that's why Vic Schaefer, I think, why he apologized. Yeah. You know, because this, this is not a team that's supposed to get out hustled. Um, he always takes pride in his team being mm-hmm. the toughest team on the floor, most well prepared team on the floor, uh, the team that's going to, you know, give the most, uh, uh, you know, most intense effort, intense on defense, all those types of things. And all those raw intangibles, they pretty much lacked. Yeah. Or at least they were um, outwilled. In this game by Louisville, Texas Louisville, never, Louisville's a five seed. It's not yeah. like Louisville was. Oh, they're not trash. They, well, no, no, no. no they're, I said they're not. A, they're not trash, but no. they're not. They're not necessarily the considered the elite team in the tournament either. Right. They had beaten Texas already, they and they're a good early. basketball program. Um, but they were they were they were five seed, correct? Yep. But Texas and Texas, Texas is a four seed. Yeah, and Texas yeah. never led in this game. Like I said, they got to the point where they tied the game, but Louisville led. The entire game. And they had a run. The biggest lead that Louisville had at one point was 27 points. That's that You can't come back from that. I don't care how good you're shooting on your side, how good they're shooting on their side. If a team is up by 27 and you're not being able to cut it back within those three-point shots because you weren't shooting that well, you only had – you got to the free-throw line minimal amount of time. They, they, their defensive uh, effort was much better in the second half because they forced, I believe, eight of the – Ten turnovers they mm-hmm. forced. No, this is a team that's used to forcing close to twenty turnovers. Per exactly, game. that's how they play. So, yeah, so them only forcing ten turnovers was also something that for Texas was uncharacteristic. Yeah, usually their defense is is forcing the opponent to make a lot more mistakes, and Louisville did not make a lot of mistakes. I uh, performed in every category. Pretty yep. much. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, a good season for the ladies. Uh, their season is over. Uh, Texas men's basketball, they continue to Sweet 16. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, coming up a little bit later on. But there are a couple of uh, Texas football spring mm-hmm. uh, spring practice updates and nuggets. And we'll be getting to these, obviously, all throughout the week. Uh, but we have some Sark audio that we're going to get to as well. And uh, the, the, uh, the first piece of audio, this is the Malik Murphy audio here, Patrick, number one, the first cut. Uh, this is the biggest story, I believe, coming out of the post-spring break practices is that Malik Murphy is practicing now with the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. or at least he's going through some of the throwing drills. This is only the portion of practice that the media had access to, and then they asked Sark about it in the media availability after practice. Here's what Sark had to say about Malik Murphy now being a part of the quarterback practice, practice group in spring practices. I think, you know, I'll talk about Malik here real, real quick first. It was great to have Malik back out there. You know, again, um, he had a minor setback at the end of winter conditioning. Um, we were probably uh, a little bit conservative with him that first week, thinking, okay, um, if we back off him the first week of spring ball and give him spring break, then he can get back and, and be going back again here in the second week of spring ball. So that was positive to have him back out there. I think, I think one key, you know, and I know we like talking about the quarterback position, 
open competition is really healthy for everybody, right? Everybody should feel like, man, if I can push myself to perform at a higher level and ultimately push the guys around me, whether the guys in front of me on the depth chart or behind me, that everybody's play should step up. And it's easy to point to the quarterback competition. Every position's an open competition. I can't tell a guy right now, hey, at whatever position is, he's the starter regardless. Everybody should be striving to be the best that they can be. We've got a long way till we play, right, in, in September. So ultimately, yeah, can Malik push Quinn? Of course he can. You know, how far can he take it? Quinn's job is to keep raising his level of play so he can't catch him, right? And that should be at every position across the board. All right. Uh, good news. Malik is back practicing with the team. So what are your thoughts, Harge, about Malik Murphy now uh, being back? I think a lot of the, the pressure from the, the, the arch conversation kind of dominating the offseason and now even dominating the spring that he's already going to be potentially number two and he's competing with Quinn Ewers. He's coming to national narrative. Uh, something tells me that that bothered Malik a little bit. Absolutely. And the fact that yeah. he was being held out, like he said, we held him out. Wasn't that Malik wasn't able to do it. They just wanted to make sure that he's 100% healthy so when he does come back out there, he can get to work. I'm glad to see it. I was watching some of the videos of him throwing the ball, and the ball looks like it's coming out of his hand easily, and he didn't look like he was limping or anything like that. So that's definitely a positive. And, again, that was somebody that I thought we were going to be able to see during the bowl game. I thought he was going to get some reps during that Mm -hmm. time, and, didn't get a chance to do it because Texas was behind in that game against Washington. Uh, yeah, and remember they were you know, last year. Was it the Tech game where they decided to let uh, multiple quarterbacks travel? Oh, when they travel, it was they travel. They decided to travel all the quarterbacks. Yep. So Sark had intentions on hey, let's expedite yeah. the development of this young man. Let's give him if he can't get reps in the game, let's give him some mental reps. Let's get him on the road Absolutely. to at least so he, he can, can see what the environment's yeah, like. So too. he can understand what the leadership role of the quarterback's gonna be, what the routine is, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I think they had that intention. He was the, the setback obviously came with the injury. I don't know the status of it. Now he's still you know he's got I think he's got a, 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 a race on or something like that. So yeah. I don't know if that's something to do with it. But either way he just seems like, you know, right now I think he may be a little motivated. And I believe the rep, the report was that he took reps with the second team. Yeah, uh, he ahead, was. Ahead yes, he, yes, he has been yes, so, elevated to that spot. And yeah. that's why I think so, when people were talking about it, it was more of the fact that Arch jumped up to the second team because of the fact Malik wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, which was, was which was totally necessary right. because if Malik had an injury history. Yes. So yes. it's it's listen. We love these guys and they're great. They all have really high ceilings, but you can't make the club in the tub. <laughs> hey. All right. The most important ability Pre- is availability, Preach. and if you cannot do that, that ain't nobody's fault. But yes, between you and God. Y'all got to handle that with the coaches. We ain't got nothing to do with that. All right. Training staff will do their best. But hey, ask Jay Witt. Jay Witt went went, went through it, and now Jay Witt has changed his entire lifestyle. Two hours warming up before practices and games, probably two hours of a warm down. He's got the cold tub, and everybody else gets to go home and chill out. Well, you got a different lifestyle than everybody else. Your body's different. No doubt. All right, get used to it. So with Malik Murphy, that's his own struggle. You have nothing to do with that as a a football coach. You you got trying to win games. No doubt. So if he's not ready to go, you got to get the next guy ready to go. 
All right, no next man up. And I think that was the attitude behind getting Arch Manning ready. I mean, the truth is, since 1999, there have only been six seasons, I believe, where Texas has not had to use a backup quarterback because of lack of production from the starting quarterback position or an injury to the starting quarterback position. Yep. Knock on wood, because we don't want to see that. But we've seen it the last few years over and over again. Hell, the Big 12 this year, there was only one team in the entire Big 12 that had one that had a quarterback for the entire season play every game and start every game. That was it. Yep, Iowa no State's doubt. guy. That's it. Yep. Everybody Jackers. else had to use some other quarterback for some other reason or another. So you're going to need whoever that backup is. If it's Malik Murphy, great. If it's Arch Manning, great. Both of those guys have really high settings. I really don't care which one it is at this time. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. I All mean, because right. I expect Quinn Ewers to be to, yeah. the starting quarterback, like to win the starting job or to job to be his if he ends up getting hurt or, you know, having to be, go down for a mm-hmm. game or two, knock on wood, hope that's not the case. Um, but I'm not planning on either one of those guys having to be the starting quarterback at Texas and you having to expedite their development for that particular reason. Yeah, you don't have to run it back that yeah. fast. You're gonna be yeah. able to you're gonna be able to make some things happen. And the fact that Quinn yours too, because this is something that we were talking about before Everybody loves the competition. There's some things that needed to be cleaned up on on yours. So with him and the the, the media's attention on, mm-hmm. I mean, let's not forget, ESPN was running a story. It was on the crawl talking about Quinn yours and and Arch Manning no in camp together. And it's like, mm-hmm. wait, what? I mean, it's just it's just training camp. It's it's spring football, but the stories are out there. So when you start thinking about the stories, you start. Thinking about it when you're away from the field, you're watching ESPN, you're seeing it on the crawl, and you're like, yeah, this ain't going to work for me. Let me get back out there and start putting some pressure on people, too. So that's I'm what down com- with that's that. what competition is about. Yep. I'm, and I, I really and you're do a firm think, believer of it. Uh, there's no, well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. I, you know, we, everybody's had injuries before. Mm-hmm. If, the, if there's a Michael Huff and a Nathan Vash and a Cedric Griffin behind you, you know what? I'm playing. Yeah. I don't give a damn. Put, through it. put a brace on it. Yeah, Ra- let's go. Wrap it up, tape it up, ice it down, whatever you got to do. Oh, no. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to lose my job to this dude because this dude yeah. gets out there and ball, has a two-interception performance. He got, like, yeah, uh, right, big, man. man. That's his job. Like, nope, ain't going to be his job. Right, go, go. Oh, that's my job. All right, I'll go out there and I will. I'll, I'll lock it down. All right. Exactly. I may drop them two picks that Hub Dad and, and Nathan Vash would have called, but hell, it's still my damn job. So Love I it. feel Malik on that. Malik, I bet Sharks on like, hey man, it's, if you can get out, of, you can get out of training room. It's your job. What? And, right. and they do do you like that? What? You, you already know, know the mind yes. games is playing. Yes. What's oh, coach? Like, when man. I the coach Aquino used to seat us by depth chart, so he would you would walk in there one day and you sit in your seat, or somebody was in there seat, and he'd be like, oh no 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 man, I'm sorry. That's uh, not y'all how need we to, going Y'all need that. to switch. And you'd be like, <gasps> you would hear the gasp around the yeah. room. Lost <gasps> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> this job. Ooh, gonna be oh out man! Did let anybody know? You can yep. lose your job. It, it, it sometimes happened after a practice or after a game. You'd be like, ooh, it was scary. You about to lose your job? <laughs> <laughs> you about to lose your job? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that happened to me. Right. So I think Malik, he felt yeah. a little bit of that pressure. Like, hey man, Arch Manning, basically, he's a number two QB. What? Oh no, hell no! I ain't about to lose my job. Yeah. So I'm glad. I love it. I'm glad he's motivated. Good to have him out there and more competition. Uh, that's better for the program overall. All right. So also. Other guys were back. Jonathan Brooks was back. Glad to see it. Sark was asked about Jonathan Brooks being back with the team, practicing during spring practice. Here is Sark. I thought Jonathan looked good today. Uh, You know, first day back, um, 
obviously, you know, coming off the surgery in the off season, um, he looks strong. Um, you can see it feel like his body's changing. Um, definitely a confident player. He's going into year three. Um, and that, that again, that, that's a positive thing. That, that room has got great competition as well. You know, we don't have Keelan out there yet, um, but to have Keelan and Jonathan and Blue and Cedric Baxter, Savion Red, I mean, that, that, that room's going to be solid. And we know there's going to be, you know, a new face or two or whatever it looks like compared to what it looked like a year ago. So to have Jonathan back is, is a real positive for us. They're going to need them, Arch. Yeah. Uh, They're going to need all of them. They, I'm glad you said it that way. They're going to need all of them. I yep. mean, there's a lot of experience and inexperience when you're looking at this team. So if there is something that you are looking at to be able to say, all right, we we can turn to this guy to do this. And I know he, he talks about Keelan Robinson and he can let him have that start, but that's not his job. Keelan Robinson is not that type of back. Nope. You need those backs like a Jonathan Brooks. We've heard a lot about C.J. Baxter and what he's been able to do. Let's not forget when Jaden Blue was – when he was actually playing, he was one of the top backs, if not the top back in the state of Texas during that time. And we know that it's taken some time for him to get on that field, but this is what it's all about. This is the time for you guys to kind of separate yourselves in the spring. So when we come to camp in the fall, everybody knows that now I'm competing against him. He's the starter as of right now because of the performance that he gave us during the spring. Now I have to challenge him for that position and playing time because I want to be, if he's going to be the starter, I want to be number two on the depth chart. And then I want to battle myself to be able to be number one. Yep. Now I'm with you. Um, I, I don't know exactly how they're going to money ball yep. this, uh, this running back position, but I do think they're going to, like you said, they're going to need all of them. Yeah. They're going to need Keelan Robinson. I think you're going to need imagination and creativity with mm-hmm. the running game. Just replacing, you know, two backs that are as talented as Bijan and Rojo. Yes, sir. Um, who, who one of the most talented and productive tandems and duos we ever had in a Texas backfield. I, I think we saw in the Alamo Bowl. Mm-hmm. How much you're going to miss those guys? The truth of it is, we just don't. And I know a lot of Longhorn fans can see it right now, and they're just right now in their mind, just visualizing and uh, <laughs> recalling some of these moments. How often a Bijan Robinson and a Rojo turned a negative play mm-hmm. into a positive play? I mean, it happened. I, I, I would say it probably happened five, at least five to six times a game. Yeah. And he was like, oh, that's how our running backs do. It's like, yeah, but think about what that could, that, those plays could have been disastrous for drives. Yeah. And a guy like Bijan would turn what could have been a three or four yard loss into an eight, nine yard game. Hell, he's not touchdown sometimes. Yeah. Because he's such yep. a freak. Yep. And we saw in the Alamo Bowl, Texas running game missed that. No doubt. Those were the, the offensive line, it's a talented offensive line, and it's a veteran offensive line, but that offensive line really missed the ability of Rojo and of Bijan to essentially just break tackles and make something out of nothing and turn a negative play into a positive play. And I, I, I wonder about that running game this year. Now, the offensive line, I think it's going to be better. It's going to be a huge asset and a strength mm-hmm. for Texas. Uh, but the truth is – the the Alamo Bowl was the to me that's the prime example. Your first time seeing this offense yep. without the the training wheels mm-hmm. of a Bijan and a Rojo. 
Yup, and you said that from the very beginning. It was like, we're, this is what we're going to expect. I said it before the game. This. I was like, man, yep. that's what I'm concerned about is seeing that offense without those two elements. And that's what the – listen, and Quinn Ewers looked better in the passing game. You know, maybe that's going to be the offensive identity that's going to be led with the passing game. They're going to mm-hmm. pass to open up the run. But that that running game – and give props to Washington, but it's it's much easier to neutralize and stop without Bijan and Rojo. No doubt. No doubt. He's got to fix that. He definitely has got to fix that. Yeah. So that's just something that Texas is going to have to battle with and look at and say, okay, what can we do for this this type of game? And and if they can go out there and figure out the running back position, because we already know the wide receiver room is so deep. And let's not forget, one of the names that we didn't even bring up was Savion Red in the running back room. He is now back in the running back room. You know what I'm saying? So that's another guy. And don't forget, he did play quarterback in high school. So – that's another element of the Rojo effect. Not calling him Rojo, but I think he might be able to finally give us a halfback pass one time from the running oh, back position. Oh, man. We, it well, never happened. Never well, you happened. Know, I will say that he tried it, and it, it, Rojo tucked it. I forget what game it was. It was 2021. Mm-hmm. He did call it, and Rojo ended up tucking it and running it instead. He made a better yeah. decision because I guess he figured the guy wasn't open. So yeah. it was called at one time. I'll let him have that. Actually, happen no. the Rojo uh, halfback pass. Kind Not of thing. at all. Um, okay, before we get to the break, here's I don't want to and I want to talk World Burst Ball Classic. That's coming up next uh, with my man Harge here. Look at Power Five running backs with at least 225 touches overall. That's rushes and receptions since 2015. So Power Five running backs with at least 225 touches since 2015. And then you're looking at missed tackles, forced per touch. Mm-hmm. Rojo is actually number one. Yeah. He's, he's number one. Him's, <laughs> him's been special he's for number a little one. bit, man. Javante Williams is number two, and Bijan Robinson is number three. No. That's how rare and elite their, their forced tackle or you know broken tackle ability is. Yeah. Both, between both two guys, it's just hard to replace that. So in the running game, to replace that is, I think you'll moneyball it with a lot of different skill sets, but they're going to need the imagination and the creativity and the innovation of Sark and Kyle Flood to really help, and the development also of those players to really propel the running game because it's not going to be propelled with the training wheels and the elite ability of one Bijan and one Rojo, two guys who may end up starting mm-hmm. in the in the NFL before it's all said and done, both of them. Um, we know Bijan's going to start, but Rojo may end up being a starter, too, before I it's all said I couldn't agree done. more, man. It depends on where he lands. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so some Texas football conversation there. We'll talk baseball coming up. Uh, World Baseball Classic on the other side. we got to talk about it. Uh, we are thankful to have a uh, hardball representative with my man Hardball Harge, a former uh, major leaguer here. So we're going to break that down and talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 Horn. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. My man Patrick plays jam. So reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Um, I've 
I've never heard this song before. Never heard this before? Never, ever heard this song before. What, what is this? Hard, you ever heard this one before? Coming from military area? Mm. It's the Ballad of the Green Berets. Oh, nice. All right. How, how old is this? What, what, it's what, in the 60s. What era are we talking it's about It's in the here? 60s, in the okay. early 60s, I believe. All right. There you go. See, top of the charts, too. That's why I love it. My favorite musically themed day of the week. Always Learn something new. Broadening our horizons. It's no always doubt. a beautiful thing. Uh, all right. You can be a part of the show. Spec text line 512-337-3776. You also hit us up via Twitter. Uh, my man Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Uh, it was a thrilling uh, it was a thrilling, dramatic end to the Mexico-Japan uh, semifinal game in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, what was it, Harge? Bottom of the ninth. I Perfect. It was. Shohei Otani, uh, he led off. Um, and with a double. Ended up leading off with a double. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was great drama because you let me know because you obviously you're more uh, in the know when it comes yeah, no. to the baseball classic than I am. But – when it was 5-4, bottom of the ninth, Shohei Otani was going to lead off. It was basically the three best hitters for Team Japan. Absolutely. In the bottom of the like ninth. Like this was down the, one inning. Exactly. Was, yeah, it was like it three was, best hitters of the team. No doubt about it. That and the fantastic. funny part about it is if you're listening to the game and you're watching the game, they were giving us the backstory about how great the guy that ended up hitting a double off the wall the, about how great of a hitter he was yeah. and what his record. I of, hope I'll get the name right. Munutaka Murakami. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And you're sitting there and they're like, he is this, he's that. He's done all these great things for Japan baseball. And if this, if there was anybody else besides Shohei at the plate, this is who you. I mean, most of the time that's like the the kiss of death, right? It's the one where this guy is ninety eight percent from the free throw <laughs> line, and then he clanks it off the backboard. This was so much drama, and the way that this game was going back and forth, and all the great plays that were being made by the Mexican team, and it was just so much fun. And then all of a sudden. You come up, and Shohei comes up, and he laces a double. And let me just tell you, he was flying around the bases when he got – I thought he was going to go three because his strides are so long. And we heard Gene Watson tell us he's the best athlete that he's seen play baseball in a very long time. Yeah, that's pretty good. And, and you think about it, and they're like, he's as fast as you think he might be. He might be even faster. He's got so much power and all these great things. But – the the pinch runner Shoto that they put in at first base, he was trying to catch Shohei. As soon as that ball was in the gap, and that's another part the about one it. after they walk Yoshida. Yeah, and yeah. then they uh-huh. they put in a pinch runner because yeah. he was the game winning run, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know he was that fast. I did not know he, he was that run, fast. Run, he could run, <laughs> run, run. And it was one of those situations where your instincts kind of take over. You've already checked, and that, this is something that I talk about all the time, knowing your surroundings. So if you're on first base, and this is something that I've always taught players as we were growing up and as um, I was coaching these kids, I said, you before the pitch, take a look. When you get off the base, look at where the defense is set up. Look and see where the shortstop, the second baseman, first baseman, third baseman, but most importantly, check the outfielders because they will dictate and know and let you know if they can get to a ball and you mm-hmm. have to just trust yourself. Trust yeah. yourself because I don't want to have to coach you. 
I want to make sure that you understand where people are. And as soon as that ball was hit, Shohei was halfway in between second and third, and he was watching because he wanted to make sure that the ball was down. The runner on first was cooking. He was right behind Shohei. He was like, I'm running with you, dog. I'm scoring with you. (laughs) I'm scoring with you. But it was so exciting. And, And the one thing, I had a bunch of buddies that were texting me during the game, the entire game, and I kept saying, people were saying, oh, man, this, this isn't even that fun. This is, I mean, like, have you seen these games? Like, the passion that these guys play with, the fans that were in the stands, it was sold out again in the excitement of it all. And Mexico thought they had it. They would. They thought they, they had it. Randy Rosarina was out there in left field. He was swagged out. He was catching the ball off the fence, making great plays. And then he comes up and he hits a double the other way, and they score the runs. They score two runs, and you're thinking, oh, this is it. This is it for them. This is they about to win this game. And then nuh-uh. Shohei was like in the dugout. They panned in the dugout. Shohei was like bobbing his head and yeah. was like, I'm coming up to send it. No, and I'm gonna make on, it tough on people. Yeah, he definitely put on his cape. He went two of four uh in that uh game and he also that double which was kind of the, the game when the uh, they, they had started to start the rally. They had started the rally. Uh, that was his fourth of the tournament. He's batting 450 now. Yes, he is. With nine hits, nine runs, eight RBIs. Uh, if they end up winning it all, I mean, he will have a really good case for being uh, the MVP of the tournament. Well, he's going to be fighting Most with his – outstanding player or whatever. It he's going to be fighting with his left fielder because Yoshida – Hit the three-run home run on a changeup that was down and in, and he's batting four seventy-four. Yeah, so he he's up there making his own case for the MVP. But Shohei, they were asking him if he was going to be ready to pitch tonight, and I thought that he might be the starting pitcher. But he said if they need me to give them an inning or two, I might be able to do that. But he said I definitely want to give them a lead earlier because. I'm gonna be hitting in the lineup first. Uh, he he last he uh, he started last five days ago. He yep. threw 71 pitches yep. in Samurai Japan's quarterfinal victory against Italy. Um, so never since he arrived in Major League Baseball has Otani thrown on four or fewer days rest, yep. putting him in a position to foul Japan. So, so I I'm, I think Harge is right there. He may end up pitching in relief. Yes. Right. Yeah. If they need him, if they need him to come and close out a game, or probably stop the bleeding, so to speak, and he'll come in and give you a couple innings. But he has to be able to stay in the lineup. So that's why he's trying to play it out. Because if if he's going to come in at DH, that's right. He knows how important he is. Yeah. Exactly. That man. That's that's great drama right there. Exactly. And he may have the chance to pitch up against his own teammate, Mike Trout. No doubt. That'd be some great drama there as well. Uh, These Japanese baseball and Harge, you obviously know about the Japanese baseball culture and how popular baseball is there. How about these numbers? Um, Japan, if you go look at it, Japan versus Korea, they had 55-plus million viewers Mm -hmm. for that one. Japan versus Italy, 62.5 million viewers. Hell, man, the World Series don't get close to that. No, no. Uh, You know what I mean? Like that's Last night they had 93 million viewers for that game last night. No, that's a good chance USA Japan might be one of the most Oh, it's going to be the most watched baseball game of all time. For sure. Uh, I mean, that, for sure, so no just, doubt about it. Just if you think it like, oh man, this what is guys talking about this for? No, no, it is. It's huge, like <laughs> internationally, and most tr- tr- true traditional baseball fans, uh, this is a really big deal. And I love that 
basically the way Japan that storyline that game was they never they they had never led right no they they didn't they, they didn't lead until, until they, they walked until they walked them off <laughs> yeah. yeah they never had a that, lead in that that's game why Mexico was so confident exactly and how okay so it is so basically with Jap, J, team Japan versus team USA mm-hmm. um how they play three times this is the fourth time yep. and they've met in the WBC mm-hmm um, the semifinal in 2017, USA won two to one. Uh, semifinal in 09, uh, Japan won nine to four. And the semi, oh, sorry, uh, second round in yep. 2006, uh, that was a uh, USA won four to three. This will be the most watched matchup in the history of baseball. No Good. doubt, no doubt about it. I, I would put a mortgage on it right now Ooh. because of the fact, because of the fact of where this game has gone and what we've seen. Throughout this, it would have been it, it would have been big if it would have been Mexico too versus the USA. But with Japan being involved, yeah, we, man. we had Brandon Phillips in here yesterday, and he was talking about this exact same thing about how the Japan and the Japanese league, how how disciplined and how structured they are about their work. That this is something too because it's it's. It's the battle of USA versus Japan. Oh man. This is what it's it really all is. about, I'm especially when it comes to this type of sport. This is going to be a fun fun game and I love the fact of what you said where we might have a show a showdown with Shohei versus Trout to figure out what's going on here. Uh so if Team USA wins, they could they they won last time, right? So mm-hmm. they would be the second ever back-to-back WBC champions uh joining Japan. Japan, exactly. <laughs> Cuz Japan did it uh the 0609 uh version of it and that would be the, if basically if Japan wins cuz Japan is currently undefeated. Yep. So they would be the second ever undefeated WBC champ um joining oh man, I forget is it Dominican? I don't know, 2013? It might be the Dominican, if uh, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, also, the only two-time champion, uh, Japan, can be a third. They can go three. Yeah. Uh, be a, th- a three-time champion. And so it, it's a, there's, a lot of, there's a ton of great storylines just kind of baked in to the no. World Baseball Classic. Yeah. And, it, and, and, again, this is something, too. We've talked about Trey Turner and what he's meant to the to the United States baseball team. Don't forget, we got Sam Marcus, or, or excuse me, Texas State's own Paul Goldschmidt that is playing for for Team USA as well. This is a great opportunity for this baseball team, and I'm telling you, there's nothing better than the drama than what we saw last night. The drama was so good. To your point of what you said, they didn't lead until the walk off. They it's did amazing. not lead until and the walk And then look how it ended with your right. three best batters coming, coming up, up the in play. the ninth, yes. down by one. It's like, who scripted this? And that's, it's a beautiful thing. It, I would it's say that they've done a good job. I always say that you know, the best thing about sports storylines is you got to have a villain. And the, the international matchups, there's, baked, there's a baked-in villain just because there's so much patriotism that everybody is feeling at the time. Yep. Whoever's going against your country is the villain. No doubt. <laughs> it's about my country, my people, our our culture, our our brand of you know baseball, whatever it may be. And it's, it's it, I don't know, they did a really good job this year with the World Baseball. Oh Classic. my goodness! And in the, the pageantry that goes yeah. to it with the fans and how excited I'm they get. To it. I don't. I mean, yeah. all the noise that's out there. They're screaming the entire time, and and every pitch matters in this situation because 
it's it's like what we were talking about yesterday about World Cup. People care because they're playing for their country. They're mm-hmm. representing their country. And now you get mm-hmm. a chance for these two powers, these two powers to go at each other and let you know who's going to be the best when it comes to baseball mm-hmm. in the world. You want to know why baseball needs this? And Major League Baseball is – uh, probably mostly what I'm talking about or thinking about here, but I think internationally baseball needs this too. Yep. If you look at the most watched television programs in America, say the 100 most watched television programs in America in 2022, how many of them you think were baseball broadcasts? None. You would be right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say none. What brand did you tell us yesterday? Zero. Born. Zero. Yeah. Hell, none of them. But the NBA's got their problem, too, because the NBA had zero as well. Yeah. Uh, it's the, all football. The, the NBA, Major Baseball, had zero. The NFL had <laughs> uh, 80, I think 82. 82 of the top 100 watched telecasts or broadcasts in America in 2022 were NFL games. Shocked. And the I think college football had five. So 87 of them were football. <laughs> 87 of the 100 were football. Yeah. And actually, March Madness. Give uh, March Madness oh, for sure. snuck in there, I believe, uh, with a couple as well. So give March Madness some credit. But, it, yeah, the NBA, Major League Baseball, get nothing. Yep. So that's why it is really big that this World Baseball Classic is getting so much attention. And it's got so many great storylines. Yep. And it's building drama. It, 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 baseball needs it. It, it really does. And Shohei has been cleared to pitch one inning tonight. Phil Nevin, the manager of the uh, Angels, gave the World Baseball Classic a chance, and they said he's cleared to pitch one inning tonight. That's good. Yep. And it right. might be the one to close out the game. Yeah. No, you know yeah, what that, I'm saying? Oh, man, that'd be fantastic <laughs> if they could make that happen. Yep. Uh, all right, a little World Baseball Classic conversation uh, there for you. Uh, we come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Top of the Charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. This is a very soothing, uh, melancholy jam here. I feel it fits, I like the, it fits the, the mood it, it today. It does fit the mood a little bit. I'm with you. You're trying to go with the, the, weather? the weather? Well, no. I mean, this is also like... One of Neil Young's biggest songs. Ah, okay. Well, there you I mean, go. It's a very famous song. Okay. It's- this is how deep you're getting, Patrick. Okay. And I don't know if this is, you know, this is this is good, but this lets you know that Patrick's kind of deep thought he puts into our musically themed days, <laughs> it actually does matter to people. Uh, Texture says, my dad was a Green Beret in Vietnam. Uh, that song you played. The Battle of the Green Berets. Was the, he said, brought tears to my eyes. Played this all the time. 
Nice. Uh, I thought it was corny, but it means so much now. R.I.P. Yep, that's Shout good. Out. And thanks to thanks Pop for his service on that one. Nice. Show. Uh, yeah, so Patrick, you, you're getting to people, man. Getting people emotional around here. <laughs> you, you do a damn good job you're with that to music. Be emotional around here. Yeah. You're putting so much thought into it. Another uh, picture says, Rob, there was a movie made called The Green Beret starring John Wayne and a cast of many stars. Even Don Pryor's dad was in that. Uh, and that's when the song made its debut. Oh, so we learned the fat door at the fat. Is that Craig yeah. Way texting in? Who is that? That <laughs> might be. Because he'll drop a, he'll drop a nugget on someone else, someone else came in about uh, how the singer of it met his untimely demise, apparently. What? That uh, apparently, I don't know if he was assassinated or what, but uh, apparently was was shot. You learned so, that on the Specs text line, too? Specs text line put that one up there, too. Wow. Okay, Specs text line. Thank They're, you. Y'all I, doing I, too much. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Round of applause. horizons out there. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, but uh, thank you, guys. Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And thanks to Patrick for putting in the hard work for us. Uh, uh, FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. There is uh, a flex show scheduled for tomorrow. All right, yep, we haven't yep. had the flex in a while because of our obligations for Texas baseball, Texas basketball. Uh, but the flex is back, and tomorrow it will be right after uh, Ball Don't Lie is done. We'll have the flex crew, and they will have a, a great broadcast. As a matter of fact, they already have put up a special guest uh, that they are expecting, um, Bryce Hager. Ooh. He's going to join them already. Boom. You can go find out details about the other Wednesday night flex okay. uh, coming up uh, tomorrow on FLXATX. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, shout out. Some All man. right. And isn't he, I thought he was getting into some acting or something, right? Was he, was that him? That's Brecken. That's Brecken. Yeah, get my Hagers. Man. Yeah, you get them. All, you get them all mixed up, dog. Sorry, I'm, all, them, all those Hagers look alike to me. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, all those Hagers. All look them alike. Hagers. All those Hagers look alike. <laughs> hey, don't put, don't send no those specs text line jokes, okay? I was just joking. Don't be, don't be trying to joke with that either. Uh, you know they're gonna push them buttons. <laughs> I know dog. they will be. They gonna push them buttons. I know. I know the specs text line loves to push a button. <laughs> all right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll get flxatx.com, flxatx, and all of your social media platforms. Oh, as a matter of fact, there's some flex family. Playing tonight. There is in some Texas flex game, family. right? Texas they is got, playing Incarnate Word? Yeah, they're playing Incarnate Word. Relief pitcher Larry Westell, who pitched at Round Rock as a junior, 6'4", right-handed pitcher. He might get some love here tonight and get an opportunity to pitch, but he is part of the flex family. Uh Oh, wow. So, how about this? See, Burnt Orange Yeti sent it in for us. Barry Allen Sadler. He uh, served as a Green Beret medic, achieving the rank of staff sergeant, served in the Vietnam War from late 64 to 65 in May of 65. Most of his work has a military theme. He is best known for his patriotic ballad of the Green Berets. There it is. A number one hit in 1966, died tragically at the age of 49 after being shot uh, in Guatemala City. Wow. Damn. Yeah, here you go, man. We're learning a lot, and a lot of it is sad and tragic. But still, hey, you got to learn a lot, man. I like that. I right. like the education. Education. Feel Educate like, us. Feel like Craig Way was on this show. They learned a lot of random factoids. <laughs> I appreciate that. In my, um, yeah, uh, you know what? I'll come back on that. I don't no. want to dive deep into it. <laughs> I don't want to get that. Because ain't no telling where my yeah, man going to go with we're it. up against it, and then we go <laughs> deep down the rabbit hole. Maybe that's something we can, uh, we can dive into. All right. 
coming up next, we got to talk about the Cowboys. Cowboys have been making moves. Literally, Major. As the show's been on, the Cowboys have already made another move. So Thank we got to talk Preach about the Cowboys it. moves. The Texans are making moves. Roger Goodell getting extension. How about this? Roger Goodell's extension, at least the approval, the authorization to negotiate an extension, was a 31 to a 31 to 1 vote. By the 32 owners. And, you have uh, any idea who dissenting vote might have been? Are you leaving it open-ended, or are we going to bring it back? Because uh, I'll we, tell you who it don't is. Don't tell me. I know, we all know who it is. Jerry Jones. Yeah. Hey, 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 Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jones is not like Roger Goodell. And Jerry Jones. Who he is it? Not, well, there's somebody who's kicking out of the dang league. Oh, it might you don't be, think Dan Snyder is voting for this Dan guy? It might be Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder's like, are you kicking me out of the league? I ain't voting for you. Oh, that true. might be true. It could be. I, right? They, I think Pro Football Talk said it was Jerry Jones. but I don't It know. might be. I'm just saying, Dan, Dan Snyder getting kicked out of the league by the guy who vote for him? <laughs> He ain't uh, that likable. First of all, we know Dan Snyder ain't voting himself. Yeah, somebody, yeah, yeah. Somebody's voting in his proxy yeah. or something like that, right? No can, we get that? can we get agree on that, too? Uh, anyway, all right. Um, oh, and shout out to my man, Nate Boyer. So we're talking Green Berets. Is yes, he sir. a Green Beret? He is a Green Beret. Nate Boyer a Green yes, Beret? Yes, he is. Shout out to Green Berets. We're talking about the greatness of the Green Berets. Absolutely. All right, we come back. We'll get into NFL news notes and nuggets right here on Ball Don't Lie. I wonder if we're not